0: This is a National Arts Center podcast.
1: To NEC Dance with Kathy Levy. In this podcast, guest host Lindsay Lachance of the National Arts Center's Indigenous Theater Department chats with Margaret and Andrew Grenier of Dancers of Damla Hamed a few days before its NEC debut and world premiere of Minowin, a contemporary dance work that looks at what emerges from the great loss and imbalance of the past.
2: Thank you so much for coming in this morning, Margaret and Andrew. Um, I'm really excited that we get to spend some time together talking about your amazing work. So maybe to begin, um, you could both introduce yourselves to the listeners.
3: Well, thank you. I'm Al Tansi. My name is Margaret Grenier. I'm the executive and artistic director with Dancers of Damla Hamid, and I'm also the festival director for the Coastal Dance Festival. And we're really happy to be here and going to be sharing Minowin as its premiere next week.
0: And I'm Andrew uh, Grenier, and I'm the creative producer for Dancers of Damla Hamid, and i um, really excited to be here at the launch of Indigenous Theatre. So... Thank you for having us as part of your program.
2: Thank you for being here. We are so, so happy to have you both and everyone in the company here. Um, So speaking about dance and thinking about dance, I've heard you speak before, Margaret, about how you've been dancing from a very young age. And I'm just wondering if you would like to start to locate yourself in your dance practice.
3: Um, I am very privileged that I had the opportunity to grow up with dance, and I grew up in the communities along the Skeena River, which is our Kasan, our River of Mists, and I was the first generation to grow up in that way. Um, the previous generation was part of the process of revitalization of dance after the potlatch ban, but because of the work that they did, uh, even to my earliest memory, I was growing up immersed in the, uh, the dance practice of our our family's lineage and also uh, within the communities of the Gitxsan and the Shimshan and the other neighboring communities and just being really um, exposed to a lot of the artwork that had taken place at that time. That's amazing.
2: And so your family is um, involved in founding Dancers of Dalla Muhammad, the company that you are both currently running. And so is there a, a parallel between the revitalization of, of your community's dance practices into the founding of this um, theater uh, dance company?
3: Yes. Um, I think that when I was a young person, I never fully understood what had taken place with the work of uh, my parents' generation and and the guidance uh, um, that they had under my grandmother. Uh, But in looking back at it, it was an amazing um, thing that they did. And it was really an artistic risk that I didn't, fully comprehend because prior to the potlatch ban everything had been shared within our feast halls so even to bring dance into the performance space was a a very big um, step and a really transformative one and if it wasn't for that decision I wouldn't have been immersed in dance in the way that I had been and so once I came to realize that it really made me aware of the importance that each generation has in continuing the practice and we each have our own challenges we each have our own um, personal mandate that drives us and for me, um, having the foundational knowledge of their work is is what compels me. I want to be able to leave that for those that will follow. But I think it's also really important that each generation tells their stories. And that's what we are doing with the work that we're doing now. Um, I don't think you can ever Achieve what you're meant to achieve if you are trying to replicate what has mm. already taken place. I think you have to navigate and find your own way.
2: Absolutely. And currently, still in your company, you have um, an intergenerational company. So you still work with your family
3: members, is that right? Yes.
0: Yes, we have two grandchildren coming. Yay! Which is going to be exciting for us.
1: Yes.
3: Yes, and, and it's really a really nice time as well because um, I'm still dancing and uh, our son and daughter, uh, Nigel Grinney and Raven Grinney, are now old enough that they're really taking on a mature role within the practice. And um, my mother, um, Elder Margaret Harris, is still with us. And so, yes, we are able to work in a way where it's um, connecting through the generations, Um you know, having someone to guide and mentor us, but also being able to form and shape um, by working so connectedly with with the with our children, and yes, now, our grandchildren. <laughs> that's so fantastic. And there's also um, indigenous
2: folks in the dance company that are from different communities and different geographical backgrounds and experiences. So, What's it like to have a bunch of different indigenous cultural practices come together to, to make and to perform dances together?
3: Um, I think that for uh, the dancers of Dam um I grew up in a really uh, strong tradition of family practice and, and it always has been a practice, it's something that um, you dedicate your life to. It's not just something that you do when you're uh, in rehearsal or when you're working on a project. It's it's part of everything, and it's interconnected to everything. And that is the way that we have um, trained and um, uh uh, just built up the, the knowledge within our children as well and I think that when we have other artists that work with us um, they're brought into something and in a much different way than they would be if they were working on a project or if they were um, you know coming to dance with us in a way that was really focused on a, on a short period of time and so or when as we'
0: in a collective,
3: Yes, it's a
0: family, not a collective, mm. in the sense that they're coming into a family as opposed to bringing their. I mean, people always bring themselves to the to the table, but they're very much being adopted into the um, dancers of Dajjal Muhammad.
3: And, and that becomes something that sort of extends beyond in terms of the training that they will receive from being part of our company, and then also just the, the long-term relationships that are that are built through that. And I think that is is a reflection, like that is a reflection of not only the work that we do now, but even the work that was done in the 1960s where we collectively in the same way found a way to move forward and um, it's, my strong opinion that there needs to be a way to look at things inclusively. I think that only strengthens who we are. Absolutely.
2: And it definitely embodies ideas around kinship and relationship building and really expanding and adopting people in as you said is so, so important and significant to think about when people come together to to make art and to make offers to public. So I think it's really awesome. And do you have a particular process for working with cultural practices or traditions or languages or songs that are particular to family or community, and then performing or sharing them to the public?
3: Um, well, up until um, up until uh, my father passed. Um, The artists that were invited in were under the guidance and leadership that that he um, had authority over within the practice and with the family. And so as part of the process that we have carried forward with that has been uh, working from... um, the vocabulary, the training, and, uh, you know, referencing what we know to be, um, what has defined us as who we are. But in terms of uh, working with other artists, it it is, um, it's very much Navigating through created choreography and created song composition that doesn't um, really cross that line, and that is something that I think is very much part of the practices on the Northwest Coast because there there is something to be um, uh, really. Um, carefully navigated when you have a song and dance that has its place uh, within hereditary lineage and then you also have work that's coming from a contemporary perspective where it's being composed. There needs to be an understanding there of um, the the values and the, the way of understanding that's integral to the work. Um, but then there's also um, a way to work through it so that you're not um, infringing on anything else at the same time. And
0: a big part of that process is the cult- cultural consultants that we have, uh, our elders, our Margaret's mom, and uh, Elder Betsy Lomax and Lawrence Trace, who's Cree, and Betsy Skitsan, as well as other consultants like Terry Lynn Williams-Davidson and and other people that we are inspired by and look up to for uh, guidance and um, demonstration of how to navigate Mm -hmm. those uh, pathways.
3: Yeah, because we're not the first uh, company to to work in the way of composing songs and and creating new dances and um one of the mentors that we work with uh, david boxley Hmm. his community was relocated um in metlakatla and they went through a period where they completely lost song and dance and at that time um there was a practice. We have a practice of 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 lending songs and dances, and so that was something that my parents mm-hmm. initiated at that time. And then uh, through that, uh, those songs became the first songs for a new generation to access dance. But then they've moved forward and created such an amazing breadth of work, song, dance and visual arts and so um, it's really important that we share within one another stories because it's too hard of a journey to do on your own. Right. Absolutely.
2: And it it just sounds like it's another example of how to involve family and involve kinship relationships and trust and being accountable to the people that you work with by sharing and asking permission to use the songs and inviting people in. So it sounds great.
0: Yeah. And that relationship extends decades. It's not just mm-hmm. uh, people that have been brought on recently. David's been absolutely amazing. David Boxley and taking in the whole family and, you know, training, uh, Nigel and Raven and myself and Margaret and, and just in terms of the um, artistic rules and re- around the development of design, Northwest mm-hmm. Coast design and we owe a lot to all of our elders um, for teaching us.
2: That's
0: awesome.
2: Yeah. And the Coastal Dance Festival is is that predominantly built off of relationships that you have with other dance groups and other communities or was there... An impulse to to start running that festival at the Museum of Anthropology?
3: Um, So there there was a predecessor to the Coastal Dance Festival that took place in um, Prince Rupert and that went from like the 1960s up until the 1980s. And so we wanted to um, initiate a festival that. really drew from the values of the the festival that I had the opportunity to grow up with. And it was something that um, connected communities. It Mm -hmm. was something that uh, children could could grow up in like I had done. And that's what um, really compelled us. And we had the opportunity, it was actually because of the (laughs) Cultural Olympiad, so Mm -hmm. that leading up to the Olympics in 2010, that we were able to um, start a festival and and we already had a a fairly long-term partnership with the Museum of Anthropology at that time. And we began in a very similar way where we connected with... um, With artists that where there was already some sort of connection and and we reached out and uh, um, and we started to develop relationships that have really strengthened over the years and I see that not only in the community that surrounds the coastal dance festival but also um, in the development that I've seen in the artists and I've seen you know very young dancers that have now grown up (laughs) with the festival Um, and then also artists that have you know um, moved in a direction from where they started when they first came to a festival where they've they've really drawn from one another's practice and and by that like we, we all have our own Um, artistic expressions and they're very diverse but then there's also commonalities that are underlying and I think those commonalities aren't um, specific to songs or specific to dances but they're specific to um, a way of being and I think that the festival uh, reaches one another on that level and, and we We grow as a community from that, and that was really our vision for the festival. and and It's primarily West Coast, but also artists nationally and internationally. Indigenous artists have have been able. We've had the opportunity to have them as well, a part of the community. Mm -hmm. It's definitely
2: such a powerful, strong feeling that you get when you're uh, involved in the festival, watching people perform, and really just being in that space and feeling. Feeling the ancestors and feeling the land like respond to the performances. It's this really amazing feeling. So I'm so I'm feel so lucky to have been able to experience a few seasons of it. So thanks. Thank
3: you.
2: And Minawin, the world premiere, is here at the National Arts Center for Mushgemo Indigenous Arts Rising, the inaugural season of Indigenous Theater at the National Arts Center. And we're so excited about that. Is there anything specifically about this creation process or um, something that is really exciting to the both of you about how this work came together that you want to share?
3: Well, uh, Minoan is definitely um, in terms of a scale of work for our company—it exceeds <laughs> what we've done uh, by a lot. It's been a very ambitious project for us, um, especially in the time frame that we've worked on it. But I think that for me, um, what resonates most strongly for for me with this project is that it is something that goes well beyond um, what we have been doing over the last several months, it's something that does begin with the process back in the 1960s, and it is something that looks at how um, how we find ways to move forward. And I think that um, Minowin translates to um, the act of clarifying direction, and for me that uh, was something that I was compelled to spend time with because there has been um, there has been so much loss and it's not something that even though I'm so grateful for the foundational work of my parents and 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 my grandparents generation um, they had their own challenges they had um, so many things that they had to do and the work that they did came from such a place of love and and vision and hope. They had to have hope that there would be dance again. And it feels like we somehow think that well they did that for us and now we are here in this good place. But then our generation has its own challenges, its own um, we go through our own loss and and we can go through very epic loss um, at the same time. And I think that Minowin is about looking at those places and looking from those places and seeing how um, what re-emerge brings balance back. And in looking at that, it also made me look at that has been our whole history of dance. If you look at our oral history, which is in the Gixan called the Daug, that has been the source of story going back to the beginning. It's when we come to these places of extreme imbalance or brokenness um, that we find a way to reemerge and that becomes the story that we have to tell. And so I feel that as indigenous people in this current day, you know, that is our story that we have to tell right now. And we each have to contribute to that because um, it's too much to carry on any individual shoulders. It's so beautiful and really hopeful. And I think bringing in
2: conversations around balance and resurgence and moving forward together in a good way is so is so important and meaningful, and especially within all the work that that's programmed here and being involved in the festival, it's just so exciting to be able to invite folks in to see see this continuance of um, indigenous cultural practices through dance. So I'm excited. Is there anything that you would like to say to listeners um, before they come to see the show or to think about while witnessing the performance?
3: Um, I think that with anything, um, especially as an Indigenous artist, you, you want people to receive what you have to offer with an a open heart. Um, we all have individual stories that we're telling. What we're what we're sharing is something that um, comes from the place that our family is at in, in this moment. Um, and I think that um, collectively, we still struggle. Like there there is a large gap there um, where we're navigating how to um, understand these stories. Understand these stories of. Uh, colonization of trauma of collective trauma of um dislocation of um disconnection to the past and I think that it's not always easy to come into that space and not come into that space already carrying something so I think like not just for Minowin but for for anything that people are coming to see is to just come in with that open heart and and receive the gift that's being offered by the artists, by all the artists that that have something to say, because I think that's the only way we're going to really um, find a way through reconciliation is by being able to truly be ourselves and not be um, formulated. Trying to fit a box
0: or mm-hmm. fit a preconceived idea of what Indigenous art is or what indigenous identity is. Um, people come from complex identities. And we are not just Kitsan, we're not just Cree. You know, we have complex identities that involve other nations as well. And everyone is bringing those identities to Minowin.
2: Excellent, I'm so excited. I can't wait to see the show. Thank you again, both so much for coming and for chatting with me this morning. Um, and folks can catch your show fr- until September 28th. So I'm really looking forward to it. And thank you. Thank okay. you. Thank you for having us.
1: That's all for this NEC Dance Podcast. Send us your comments and questions by email at necpodcasts at gmail.com. And don't forget, you can subscribe to necpodcasts at necpodcasts.ca. You can also find us as a free subscription in the podcast section of the iTunes Music Store. Until next time, goodbye from Canada's National Arts Centre.
0: This has been a National Arts Centre podcast. Send us your comments and questions. Email us at nacpodcasts at gmail.com. Visit the podcast section of the iTunes store, where you can rate and comment on this podcast. We love to hear from you. Remember, you can find more great NAC podcasts at NECPodcast.ca or search on National Arts Centre on iTunes and subscribe for free. Until next time, goodbye from Canada's National
1: Arts Centre.